This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Partly sunny today, scattered flurries, high near 30. Mostly clear tonight, low around 10. It'll be sunny on Tuesday with a high near 40. Binghamton police are investigating the death of a person whose body was discovered laying in the city roadway. Authorities said police were advised around 2.45 a.m. Saturday that a man's body was located in the westbound lane of Route 363 at the Exchange Street overpass. A police officer found the body in the roadway and city fire medics were dispatched. The man, who was a Binghamton resident, was pronounced dead at the scene. Police have notified his relatives, but his name has not yet been released. Detectives said Route 363 was closed to all vehicle and pedestrian traffic for about five and a half hours. City police, they want to speak to anyone who may have information about the case. They ask anyone who's driving through the area or a passenger in a vehicle traveling on Route 363 between 2.15 and 2.45 a.m. Saturday to get in touch with investigators. Last Thursday, around 1.20 p.m., a traffic stop was conducted by New York State Police on Taft Avenue in the town of Union. Narconics investigators from the New York State Police and the Boston Police Department were called to the scene where they conducted a roadside investigation. The passenger of the vehicle was found to be in possession of approximately 38.1 grams of suspected fentanyl. He was also in possession of a scale, packaging, and small blender, all used in the packaging and sale of narcotics. The defendant, Ricardo Cade of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, was charged with criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree with intent to sell. Controlled substance in the third degree, a Class B felony, and using drug paraphernalia in the second degree, a Class A misdemeanor. New York State's Bipartisan Redistricting Commission has approved a new congressional map that makes modest changes to three competitive districts but doesn't substantially alter the rest of the state's lines. The map proposal was approved last Thursday. It now moves to the Democrat-dominated legislature, which can approve the plan or reject it and draw its own lines. It's unclear exactly when lawmakers would meet to vote on the commission's map. New York's congressional redistricting process has been closely watched this year because suburban races in the state could have outsized outsized influence on which party controls the House after the November elections. And New York Appeals Court in Albany has heard arguments over the fate of the State Commission on Ethics and Lobbying in Government. The arguments Friday stemmed from a lawsuit filed by former Governor Andrew Cuomo, who claims the commission lacked the constitutional authority to prosecute him. Cuomo's fighting an attempt by the commission to force him to forfeit $5 million he got for writing a book about his administration's efforts during the COVID-19 pandemic. A lower court judge ruled in September that the commission's independent independence makes it a problem under the state's constitution since enforcement of ethics laws is a power that belongs to the executive branch. 
Construction has started for a business that's expected to open this spring at the Campus Plaza in Vestal. A Dollar Tree store will be located in the space that had been home to a Rite Aid pharmacy. That store closed in May of 2019. Demolition operations at the site began a few days ago. Several workers are starting to remodel the location for the 13,200-square-foot store. The old floor will be removed and new flooring installed. Construction work for the new Dollar Tree unit should be completed by the end of March. The opening date for the store has not been yet announced. Workers are busy at Marabito Stadium in downtown Binghamton with a couple of major projects that must be completed by the start of the baseball season in early April. Sobotka told WNBF News on Friday that the biggest project now underway will address some drainage problems in the stadium and on the field. Heavy equipment is being used to dig holes so temporary water storage tanks can be installed. The tanks will capture water that would otherwise remain on the field in the area of the dugouts. Games have been canceled due to rain that occurred hours before the scheduled starting time. While fans may not actually notice the drainage system's improvement, they will be able to see the new scoreboards in right and left field. Although these scoreboards were replaced after the 2017 season, there had been an unbelievable number of problems with non-functioning panels. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph. Binghamton Now, Monday, February 19th is on the air. 607-772-1290 is the number. Everybody on the planet is cordially invited to participate. Regardless of your immigration status. If you have a free phone, go ahead, use it. 607-772-1290. It could be the most important call you make this year. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Regardless, even if it's someone like me, Bob. Welcome. Hey. Dave yes, from Bob. Vestal is on the air. Yes, sir. How was your weekend? Swell. Good. Good. Hey, but, you know, Bob, I listened on a bit uh, Friday, and I was I was taken aback. I was a little disappointed. Uh, John from Binghamton there, who I always love listening to, Bob, and he, he's full of so much information. I learn a lot from the guy. And he, he about gave up when he made the statement, I don't think Trump can win. He said that. He can't win. Everything's stacked against us. And I know he didn't give up. He just gave uh, an honest assessment. You could tell the sadness in his voice. He's not giving up. He's just, as of February 2024, the honest assessment is the guy can't win. Now, that doesn't mean it's over. It's over when he says it's over. I mean, he might still stage another insurrection in January 2025, but 
for all reasonable thinking people who are assessing the lay of the land at the moment, it seems improbable he's going to win. Not impossible, but highly improbable. Well, he mentioned the key word, Bob. He mentioned the key word, and I agree with him, and, and that is corruption. So, you know, Trump, will, he'll fight for us, Bob. He will fight until he's penniless. He'll fight till he can't walk and talk like Joe. He'll fight until his legions of supporters stop sending him money. You know, once his supporters stop sending him millions of dollars a month, that's when he's going to stop. But this can be done, Bob. Uh, the, the corruption in, in the deep state, the legal system, um, in uh, the voting, and the, the politicians, all of that corruption, we can defeat that, Bob. It's just the right has to be willing to fight fire with fire. They have to quit being, well, you can't say that word. No, you can't say that word. And you got to be realistic. At some point, you have to assess the situation. And I think that's what John from Binghamton did on Friday. There was no joy in his assessment. But he took a realistic look. And perhaps it's the type of look the former guy and his staffers, if he can still keep any staffers on the payroll, I would think most of the staffers have quit by now. But anyway, whoever's left should help assess the situation. On this special day of all days, this would be the day for the former guy and his staff, such as it is, to take a cold, hard look at everything and even pay attention to what Nikki Haley's saying. You know, I think she's actually trying to help him. We are taking a cold, hard look at everything, and that's why we're not going down without a fight. So I want John to hang in there. Don't give up. All right, don't wave that white flag, you kids. <laughs> and keep buying those overpriced shoes. <laughs> you see, now he's selling shoes. About $400 shoes. He gets the shoes for $19 a pair, uh, slaps a couple of stickers on them, apparently, and now they're $400 shoes. Okie dokie. One's born every minute. And if that's the case, he could sell many pairs of those overpriced shoes. Okay? It's the American way. Bob Joseph, it's Monday, the start of a brand new week, and we're all feeling swell here at Binghamton now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre owned at GaltAuto.com.
9.17 WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. I hope he doesn't surrender. I hope he doesn't wave a white flag and terminate his campaign early because then the media machine will be in big trouble. The media machine needs... The media machine needs what he has to offer. So, that is something to consider. The media, that's not just the liberal media or the lame brain media. Call, call the media what you want. Uh, all media, all media, the Newsmax, the Fox News, the anything, everything. CNN, MSNBC, every media outlet really needs the guy. So... Most media figures, especially the executives who are responsible for somehow navigating through these headwinds, will say, please, 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 please stay in the race. We need the viewers. We need the clicks. We need the former guy. Don't give up. Don't wave the white flag. The RNC, you can hang up winning the House and the Senate or having any resources for us to win any other um, races if all they're doing is thinking about how they're going to pay his court fees. <laughs> That's what it's come down to. You know, send me money. I have court costs. Yes, you do. The American Bar Association ought to endorse him because I think he single-handedly has generated more billable hours than any other single American over the last 30 or 50 years. Maybe ever. There's no way to verify, but it would seem, just based on the sheer volume of civil and criminal cases, attorneys, his attorneys, others, prosecutors and so on, and people representing uh, plaintiffs in civil actions... The attorneys are doing well. Very, very well. That much we know. It's 920 WNBF Live. Let's go back to the red hotlines. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is John uh, from Binghamton, New York. Oh, welcome. Now, you, your statements and observations on Friday's program uh, provoked uh, a certain degree of sadness, I believe, from Dave... Investal. Yeah, well, it's always good to hear from Dave. He's on target. Uh, I think we've got a tell coming up here for New York State, and that is the uh, state Republican convention at the Doubletree. When is it, Bob? Tuesday and Wednesday? Here? Yeah, now, it's coming right up. I don't, oh. I don't have the exact hours, but oh. That, that, oh. that'll be fun. Well, here's, a, here, here's where we'll see. I wonder how many MAGA hats are going to be at this convention of Republicans in Binghamton, this statewide convention. That's, Will there be... That, that's actually an interesting thing. That, that would be if, um, if the networks or, hey, even the New York Times or Washington Post, if they wanted to uh, do an interesting story on the New York State Republican 
the Republican frame of mind, they ought to send Cruz over here to Binghamton for the state convention because I think that would be a, a very telling story about the state of the New York GOP. Well, yes, and I know people get upset uh, when I bring up local politicians. They like people around here are naive. They like the Republican brand. They think uh, that these local Republican office holders are all that. Uh, I, on the other hand, go by one thing only. Uh, are they MAGA or aren't they? And why are they running away from Donald Trump? Because when you run away from Donald Trump, what you're really saying is you've got to get votes from Democrats. And Democrats stick together and Republicans don't. But this is a gathering of rhinos uh, like uh, Binghamton has never seen uh, in its recent history anyway. So, uh, you know, either you're for Trump or you're not. And either these local candidates run as MAGA candidates or or you could primary them. I, I, Bob, I don't think that there's any question that if, and you, you can go from Molinero, who says he doesn't get involved in presidential elections, you can, you can go from Molinero on down. Uh, if a MAGA candidate uh, primaries a Republican candidate, it's probably a 90, it's a shocker when a MAGA candidate doesn't win a primary over a rhino. It's an oddity. It's an anomaly. But, uh, the uh, MAGA movement, and this is very interesting. You know, Reagan didn't have any successors. You know, George Bush claimed his mantle, but he didn't, uh, uh, and, and Jack Kemp was trying to claim that mantle, but the, the problem with Jack Kemp is <clears throat> Reagan vetted him twice uh, for vice president, and uh, there was something in Kemp's background that didn't sit well uh, with Reagan's advisors. Uh, but the the interesting thing about MAGA and it's why it's a movement is you've got numerous successors to Donald Trump. You've got Vivek, you've got uh, Kerry Lake, you've got all these people, uh, younger people, energetic people that have encapsulated and can articulate the America First agenda like no tomorrow. So this movement, and that's what it is, because he's leaving successors, uh, is is the greatest, most powerful movement uh, in American history. Now, I, I again, I'm going by, I, I think we look at this thing from the local angle and from the state angle. You're going to have Lee Zeldin. You're going to have all these, you know, we got to back the blue, all this crazy stuff, but uh, chest thumping. But what you're not going to have is quality candidates. Now, there is a quality candidate uh, uh, for Senate. She should be drafted. Uh, Castro Nuevo is her name, I think. Uh, she would be the one uh, that the MAGA people would think. But you're, you're having, you're, you're, it's almost like they're they're taking a dive in a boxing match because they want to nominate this guy, uh, a flawed law enforcement guy, uh, and they're gonna. It's gonna go the way of Swazi again. Uh, you know, Kristen Gillibrand is a non-entity. I mean, she's a test pattern. Uh, in her younger days, uh, you know, she she had some attractiveness, but uh, she's accomplished absolutely nothing. She she could easily be beaten, but not with a flawed candidate, you know. So this is this is 
quasi all over again. So, uh, you know, I, I, I want to know, you know, when these local officials are going to come out for Donald Trump, uh, when they're going to wear a MAGA hat, uh, when they're going to start articulating the American first. I'd say here. probably around the 12th of never. Well, then we don't have a Republican Party here. Well, not, not a Republican a Party as it exists in, I would say, most of the United States. Must be a few other states similar to New York. What, what is the status of the Republican Party in California? Is the California Republican Party, um, are their leaders taking a similar position? Do you know? Uh, well, they've got Larry Elder there. Right. They've, got, they've, they've got a few people, but the ruination of... California politics was Arnold, uh, Republican politics was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. that, that's who ruined it because well, everything was... Well, you know, we do, we actually have that one thing to be grateful for, that we weren't subjected to Arnold, you know. So yeah, a, lot well, of, a lot of times I think people in New York think we have it so bad when you look at, when you look at the, the people who rise to the top, whether it's Democrats well, or Republicans. A lot of New Yorkers, I think, find themselves discouraged and figure that at least people who live in the 49 other states may, may have better candidates from which to choose. And I, I guess I would submit to you, if you take a, a cold, hard look, the, the reality, the reality well, is in many states, the people who rise to the top of, of their party structure are hardly the best or the brightest. Well, let me wrap it up with this. And I think this is, well, this is obviously a historical statement, what I'm going to make. Uh, no matter what, where Broome County uh, winds up in, in where the congressional lines are drawn, Broome County really is the most populous county in any way you want to slice it, congressional map. Now, the last candidate, the last Republican congressman from Binghamton and Broome County was Edwin Arthur Hall. You've got to go back to the early 50s. Now, the question is, uh, and, and the, on the Democrat side, the last Broome County candidate in a general election for Congress was Kim Myers. And then you've got to go all the way back to 1972 for David Bernstein. So Republicans or Democrats, when are uh, when is Broome County going to assert itself Some and feel can... its own? I think that Hello? was a, I think that was a sunspot. Oh yeah, when 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 are we going to put up our own candidates in both parties? Uh, Broome County people, what's what's wrong with Broome County? I mean, we had. Uh, uh, 20 years uh, from Matt McHugh, 20 years of Maurice Henshey. I mean, the, the last the last Republican that ran for Congress from Broome County was Bob Moppert. That's 24 years ago. So why is the local Broome GOP not cultivating, uh, not interested in uh, putting up a homegrown uh, candidate for Congress? I think... To be honest with you, I uh, and I know what Molinaro's tried to do. He's done it all his political life. He's trying to walk a plank, thread a needle. But I don't think this is the time that you walk a plank, that you thread a needle. Uh, I think uh, it's time for MAGA. And from 
from I think that Molinero would be easily, easily defeated by anything close to a MAGA candidate because of the fact, look, we had a great candidate, the great Claudia Tenney. I mean, she she was a rhino hunter of the first degree. I mean, she slayed Richard Hanna. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, who could forget? Who could forget the era when Claudia Ten- Claudia Tenney was on the program frequently? Of course, now and she no longer represents the Binghamton area. We never hear from her unless we're watching the Fox Channel. She's more likely to be, of course, on the Fox Channel than on this channel. This channel is WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, online at WNBF.com. Nine thirty-two, WNBF Live, Binghamton. Now, I'm Bob Joseph. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. What is on your mind? Let us know when you call. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. Now, the forecast from the National Weather Service: partly sunny today, scattered flurries, high thirty, mainly clear tonight, low ten, sunny tomorrow, high forty, mostly sunny Wednesday, high forty-six. Right now. Downtown Binghamton, it's 22, and that is minus 6 Celsius. As the Celsius movement gains steam here in Binghamton, everybody is getting on the Celsius train. Air quality is good. The AQI air quality index for Binghamton right now, 34. So wait till June. Remember... Remember last June, the first week of June, when the air quality index was... I don't even remember what it got up to. Was it 400, 500? It's never good when you can see the air that you're trying to breathe. All that smoke. The smoke chimney is coming from our friends in Canada. 934, back to the phones. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? My name is Mr. Schmiernoff. <laughs> All right, Matt Ryan from Binghamton, attempting desperately to disguise your... I'm a highly <laughs> credible FBI source. All right. That has now been, has now been indicted. Uh, and you remember what Sean Hannity said. This is why what John doesn't get and Dave doesn't get is... Most Americans know what's going on, and they they've been doing nothing in Congress for so long, and they don't and and they just have nothing. And they they were hinging themselves on this impeaching inquiry into Biden impeachment, saying that this guy Smirnov was the highly credible source, and he had all this, and he was and Hannity eighty five times featured a story about him on his news, uh, 20, 20 something real deep dives on it. That's all they talked about. And then we know that Sean Hannity said, we always want to set the record straight. That's one of his big quotes. Well, since Smirnoff was indicted and this guy crumbled and, and they'd have no more 
credibility whatsoever attacking uh, Joe Biden and, and Hunt, even Hunter. Uh, they have been it's been crickets. They have not said a word about this. And every they showed all the commentators on Fox News. You look, I turned the news station, not one of them has talked about the fact that Smirnov, their big, highly credible FBI source, has now been indicted. And this is by the guy who was investigator was bringing him along. And all these people were all people that support Trump. So <laughs> to, to indict this guy um, is pretty incredible. And it shows, I think the next inquiry should be who was paying Smirnoff to say this stuff about what happened in Ukraine and all that. Uh, who was paying him? Because it's very, very close to the Russian collusion type deal. So now we know Smirnoff is no longer exist, you know, existing as a as a witness, when are they going to stop this inquiry into Joe Biden? When are we going to get back? And then we go to what happened with uh, Zali um, in Russia, how getting uh, probably murdered or at least treated so badly that he died. And and now he's and they won't allow the body to be released for an autopsy. And who's not saying a word? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Well, he's more only- interested in pushing overpriced footwear than watching out for, sadly, for people who probably were killed either directly or indirectly by the leader of Russia. So he's, he wants to move overpriced sneakers as opposed to looking out for human rights in other countries. The whole, con- the whole topic of conversation at the big European meetings that are going on uh, is about... Uh, Donald Trump and how 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 you know how everybody is completely afraid of him ever being near the reins of power again, and and he and he says about NATO and we all know what he said about if they don't pay their bills if they don't pay then Russia can do anything they want. Well, let's go over some headlines. USA Today exclusive: Hundreds alleged Donald Trump doesn't pay his bills. Uh, Rudy, even Rudy Giuliani, campaign owes $2 million in legal fees over election challenge, which we know was a total hoax. Trump, and, uh, another one, Trump owes Deutsche Bank $340 million as company cuts ties with president. And some in South Jersey have message for Trump, pay your old uh, Atlantic City casino bills. So the guy who's telling NATO people, NATO countries, which, uh, I, you know, I think it was important to get NATO to pay more. Uh, I think everybody does. But the guy who's now taken total sides with Putin, who's the biggest thug in our, in, in our lifetime, who is the guy that is a communist for Dave uh, from Vestal, he's a, he's a head of a communist country. And all you guys say, yo, you don't want communism, you don't want socialism, you don't want any of this stuff, and yet you... Give Putin your, your support. You're supporting a candidate who supports, you know. We know what Vladimir he supports. Putin. It's terrible. Yeah, it's a terrible thing. Thank you. That's uh, Matt from Binghamton, the former mayor of New York's finest city. No, America's finest city. Let's be clear. America's finest city. It's Binghamton. Let's take another call. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, 
Uh, this isn't uh, some movie actor out of Hollywood. This is Vic from the Forks. Oh, you're back in the Forks. Good morning. Yeah, just temporarily. All right. Uh, I got some advice from Mr. Matt Ryan there. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. <clears throat> uh, turn off uh, Fox News and turn on CNN because CNN is nothing but truth and reporting, truth and facts. And um, uh, you won't have to worry about all these misrepresented stories in the news uh, because they always get it right. Yeah. It's a shame what's happened to the Fox Channel. It, at one point, it seemed many people believed them, but given the fact that they, uh, I don't know, somewhere along the line, they lost their way. Maybe it was when uh, you're letting that one guy talk about Barack Hussein Obama's birth certificate. I think at that point, most Americans stopped believing the Fox Channel. Well, you know, on that subject, let's just put it this way. I don't think there's uh, any news channels that, that get it 100% correct all the time. I don't think uh, political channels are something that people should listen to for their uh, choices in government. And I, I think that uh, I agree with John, uh, your previous caller before Matt, about the Republican Party in Binghamton. It, it's run a rave over the last 30 years. Um, they, they, they shed or the... They do not want any debates when they have their candidate of choice running for office. Um, it seems to be a political party of corruption. Uh, uh, by the way, is Batisti back from vacation in Florida yet, or is he still there? Do you know? Well, I don't know. He doesn't have an ankle bracelet, so I don't. I don't care where <laughs> he is. I, I don't care if he's in New York or Florida. You know, it's up to him. When he wants to take vacation. if I mean, I, you know me, even during the winter when I could be spending time with some relatives in Florida, I have a work ethic and I, I stay here in Binghamton despite the cold weather. You know, I, I go out and I, I mean, take a look at my hands, especially the, the right hand that's always exposed because I'm taking pictures. I, I put up with the cold weather because I believe in serving the community. Well, I think with all this crime going on in upstate New York here in Binghamton, Broome County, our district attorney shouldn't be on vacation unless he's back. Even though it wouldn't make it, it wouldn't make a darn bit of difference. You know whether whether he was here 366 days this year, or if he was here only 10 days this year, it's not going to affect the the crime. The crime is going to continue. It has, you know, people who point to a district attorney or a mayor or a county executive or a governor or a president and try to say any, any elected official has anything to do with how much crime we have in our community. That's totally wrong. You know, it's not totally wrong, Bob. I it's mostly wrong. It's mostly wrong. Do you think, we'll just say... Take a random number. Do you think the last 100 people who've killed someone in Broome County gave a darn who the district attorney was? And do you think that it made a difference in any of those homicide cases, whether the district attorney was in Binghamton or somewhere near Orlando? It makes no difference. Crime is going to continue in Binghamton and everywhere else, regardless of who the prosecutors are, regardless of who the mayors are, regardless of who the governors are, regardless of who's president. Crime continues. That's 
That's the human condition. Then why did Rudolph Giuliano do so much for New York City back when? Well, because you bought in. You bought in to his narrative. I'm not saying that Rudolph Giuliani didn't do anything to address crime, especially some of the so-called, I guess you would say, more nuisance crimes, things that really irritated people. One of the things I didn't like back in the day when I visited New York City on a fairly regular basis, didn't like being accosted at at the uh, bridges by people with squeegees who would squirt something nasty on your windshield and not clean it off unless you came forward with X amount of money. So maybe the people who were involved in the squeegee business, maybe maybe America's mayor took a dent out of them. But, you know, Rudy Giuliani, his record, his record was was so overblown. A lot of people bought into the stuff he was cooking. And you take a closer look. Rudy Giuliani didn't make a big difference. They say he did clean up Times Square. I guess Times Square is now more like Walt Disney than the Times Square of the 70s. But some people, by the way, don't like it. We have to agree that the crime in Broome County is outrageous and and that we don't see our public elected officials doing much about it as far as a team-wise go. We don't see the sheriff, the, the chief of police, the mayor, the district attorney, having roundtables together discussing the crime and how to circumvent it. We don't see any of that in Broome County. Uh, and it's done in other places. I, I can't name them right now because I'm not in those places. But uh, you need to have communication between all the offices. And we simply do not have that. Uh, instead, we have discourse. We have one fight in the other. And this is why, this is my opinion, why crime is on the rise in Broome County. And it's on a very fast pace to to be, you know, devastating to the residents. Well, I, I disagree with you. I, and I'm on you the know? front lines. I'm not, I'm not a law enforcement officer, but I'm on, on the front lines of, of covering high-profile criminal cases. I don't, I don't see where there's a big difference now in Broome County compared to 5, 10, 20 years ago. It's, the, uh, it's in terms of violence, people being shot, People being stabbed, people being robbed, houses being broken into, smashing grabs at parking lots um, downtown or at various parks. It's always happened. It's yeah, not, it's uh, not it's that, not in, in, my, in my view, as someone who's been covering crime and justice around here, I don't see that a whole lot has changed. I see that things are, relatively speaking, if you take them over the long haul, things are pretty much the way they always have been. I think if you were to take a poll, any, or anybody were to take a poll about uh, from residents who have lived in the area a long time about the crime rate in Binghamton and their concerns over it, that they're going to come back and tell you it's crazy. And you're not going to find that many long-term residents because a lot of people are just moving to the country. They might still be in Broome County, but they're getting out of Binghamton. That's why Binghamton went from 85, 90,000 down to 35, 40,000. Mm, a lot of it had to do with jobs and just societal changes. That reflected a uh a move toward the suburbs anyway, nationally. There were big changes happening all across the country. Between the 50s and the 70s, 
America changed. I don't see how moving from Binghamton to the country in Broome County would have any uh, impact on the job that you were working. Well, because the, more and more society was pushing and, and our culture was evolving for people to move to suburbs or more rural areas. It happened across the country and it happened here in Broome County too. And that combined, of course, we lost... Um, Binghamton, the center of the Triple C, it's not just Binghamton, but Endicott and Johnson City as well. We lost tens of thousands of, of jobs. Manufacturing jobs disappeared. Not because of anything people, leaders around here did, and certainly not because of anything the workers did. Things just changed. Society changed. Technology changed. According to Christine Gillibrand, who uh, John was talking about, uh, two years ago, she put out a report saying that Broome County has lost over 80,000 manufacturing jobs. Well, I'm not disputing that. But that had nothing to do with any of our, I won't say nothing, it had little to do with the local officials, the people who were county executive or served as mayors uh, during that time period. IBM shed manufacturing jobs, not because of anything that happened here in Endicott, or the rest of the triple cities. Endicott Johnson shut down, not because of anything that happened in the Binghamton area. And the problems with Link and Anatech and so many other companies had precious little to do with Broome County. And everything to do with Bill Clinton's NAFTA. Well, okay, you could say that, but that's is hardly the whole story. Appreciate your call. Thank you. That's the story from Shenango Forks on this Monday morning. More calls are coming up. Everybody's welcome. I'm on till noon today, so we'll take as many calls as possible. And maybe for some people who are enjoying a break from work on this President's Day, maybe you're getting a chance to hear the live version of the program is something you may not usually be able to do if you're in the office or teaching on a typical Monday morning. If that's the case, take advantage of this opportunity and call us at 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph with Binghamton Now on WNBF. Nine fifty-two WNBF live with Bob Joseph, Jim, and Endwell. Good morning. You're on the air. Yeah. Good morning, Bob. Um, I listen to you quite often, and I know what a stickler you are for facts and numbers. And I'm curious, where did you get the number that Trump paid nineteen dollars for those sneakers and then stuck some stickers on them and charged more? Oh, I don't know. That's just a number I pulled out of the air. Let's. Um, yeah, if, if other people do that, you. You know, criticize them. For yeah, I don't know. Okay, you caught me. I don't know. Let's put it this way. He's selling shoes for $400 that he paid a fraction of that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I have no okay. idea. I did I did see somewhere, and again, but I, I can't. So I'm, see, unlike some people, I admit right at the top that for illustration purposes, and yes, it may be somewhat exaggerated, but probably not by much, 
But for uh, illustration purposes, I said nineteen dollars, and he's selling them for four hundred bucks. But you okay. get you get my point. He he's using mm -hmm. he's using the footwear gambit as yet another way to separate people from their money. But yeah, I mm -hmm. I would have to do some research to find out the exact cost to him per pair of these fine sneakers. And just one other quick thing. Um, talking about vacations, that guy from Delaware, he takes more vacations than any president in history. And so what? You would think that most people would be happy. Do you hear, do you hear the uh, nattering nabobs of negativism? You would think they'd be happy every day that Joe Biden is away from the White House. But the truth be told is nothing, nothing will make them happy until their dear leader is sworn in again for four more years of nonstop wackiness. In the meantime, no matter what Joe Biden does, except for resigning from the presidency, will, will be viewed as something horrible. Stay in uh, Washington, horrible. Go to Delaware, horrible. Hold a news conference, terrible. Don't hold a news conference, horrible. Beverly from the town of Dickinson. Good morning. Hi, Bev. If I may call you that. Oh, I bet she's out grabbing one of those shamrock shakes. I would if I were her. It's 9.55 WNBF Live with Bob Joseph on... Uh, is it really Binghamton now? Yes, it is. Yes, this is Binghamton now. WNBF. If you don't believe I'm all I say. Hello? Yeah, let's take a call. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, oh, hi, Bob. I didn't realize I was here on the music. My name is uh, Galen, and I'm calling from the town of Maine. Yeah, what's on your mind? Well, Bob, you know, I'm really concerned because in the paper today, you know, they're they're saying we're going to get another 109, I think, um, cannabis dispensaries or facilities. You know, Bob, um, the horse is out of a barn. You know, we're never going to get cannabis, you know, um, under control. And I'm really concerned about the young people today because 40% of the American kids, by the time they're out of high school, are smoking cannabis. And we are just like schizophrenic about cannabis in the fact that, um, you know, oh, this is the great stuff, and oh, we're going to build all these uh, educational facilities, and it's going to be so great for the kids. But we don't talk about the horrible, detrimental effects. Yeah, we'll have to talk more about it in our next segment. We have the news coming right up. I'm glad you brought it up. If you want to talk more, call back after the news, but we will discuss it after the news, which is next here on... 
where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Partly sunny with scattered flurries today, high near 30. It'll be mostly clear tonight with a low around 10. Sunshine on Tuesday with a high near 40. A suspended magistrate judge in Pennsylvania is accused of shooting her estranged boyfriend in the head as he slept last weekend. Susquehanna Township Police filed attempted murder and aggravated assault charges on Thursday against 57-year-old Magistrate District Judge Sonia McKnight. Investigators allege she had shotgun residue on her hands an hour after Michael McCoy was shot in his bed of his home in the Harrisburg area early Saturday. McKnight was in the uh, county prison on Friday with bail set at $300,000. No lawyer was listed for her in court records. Authorities say McCoy is now blind in his right eye. Binghamton police are investigating the death of a person whose body was discovered laying in a city roadway. Authorities said police were advised around 2.45 a.m. Saturday that a man's body was located in the westbound lane of Route 363 at the Exchange Street overpass. A police officer found the body in the roadway and city fire medics were dispatched. The man who was a Binghamton resident was pronounced dead at the scene. Police have notified his relatives, but his name has not yet been released. Detective Lieutenant Matthew Hodnick said Route 363 was closed to all vehicle and pedestrian traffic for about five and a half hours. City police say they want to speak to anyone who may have information about the case. They ask anyone who was driving through the area in a vehicle traveling on Route 363 between 2.15 and 2.45 a.m. Saturday to get in touch with investigators. Pennsylvania's high court is taking a case to decide whether some automatic life sentences for those convicted of murder violate constitutional protections for defendants. The justices said Friday they will hear the appeal by Derek Lee, convicted of a 2014 killing. Lee argues the state's life without patrol, par parole law violates prohibitions in the Pennsylvania and U.S. constitutions against cruel punishment. Pennsylvania law makes someone liable for murder if they participate in a felony that leads to death and life with no possibility of parole is currently the state's only possible sentence for those convicted of second-degree murder. Thursday around 1.20 p.m., a traffic stop was conducted by the New York State Police on Taft Avenue in the town of Union. Narcotics investigators from the New York State Police and Vestal Police Department were called to the scene where they conducted a roadside investigation. The passenger of the vehicle was found to be in possession of approximately 38.1 grams of suspected fentanyl. He was also in possession of a scale, packaging, and small blender, all used in the packaging and sale of narcotics. The defendant, Ricardo Cade, 48, of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, was charged with criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree with intent to sell, controlled substance in the third degree, a Class B felony, and using drug paraphernalia, second degree, a Class A misdemeanor. Authorities have identified a southeastern Pennsylvania police officer wounded in an exchange of gunfire that killed a suspect over the weekend. 
Delaware County District Attorney's Office on Sunday identified the wounded officer as Chester Police Detective Steve Byrne. District Attorney Jack Stolmeyer told reporters Saturday that the officer was trying to stop a vehicle and the driver got out of the car shooting his gun, firing at the police officer. Chester Police Commissioner Steve Gretzky says the officer is recovering and will be released from the hospital soon. The suspect's name has not been released. As he closes in on the Republican presidential nomination, former President Donald Trump made a highly unusual stop. On Saturday, he hawked new Trump-branded sneakers at SneakerCon, a gathering that bills itself as the greatest sneaker show on earth. Trump was met with loud boos as well as cheers at the Philadelphia Convention Center as he introduced what he called the first official Trump footwear. The shoes are shiny gold high tops with an American flag detail on the back. They're being sold as Never Surrender High Tops for $399 on a new website that also sells Trump-branded Victory 47 cologne and perfume for $99 a bottle. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is WNBF Live. Binghamton now, 607-772-1290 is the number. Go ahead, give us a call. What is so funny about that? Let's go back to the phones. Warren and Sydney, you're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I, you're so sure Trump isn't going to win for president again, right? No, I'm not so sure. Oh, for all I know, he could be president this time next year. He could be celebrating nearly uh, a month in office for his second term. I'm not sure of anything. The reason why I ask that is you're so sure I'm willing to do a bet with you. I don't bet. I'm not sure. He, ha he has the same chance as Joe Biden. They're both equally qualified. <coughs> Joe Biden does not have a chance. Even no, I'm, no, I'm not saying they're both. Re that was a joke. They're both not equally qualified. One person has been uh, intimately involved in government for decades, given several decades of his life, most of his adult life, serving America. And the other has spent the last several decades, for the most part, serving himself, his family, and the hangers-on. So, but in fairness to the American people, don't kid yourself, uh, they both... 
as of this precise moment, have an equal chance of being the uh, the president on January 20th of 2025 at 12.01 p.m. So now I'm not sure of much of anything. The only thing I'm sure of is death and taxes. It's been proven that uh, Joe Biden has done nothing in all those years in office except take up space and, 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 and cheat and... Uh, and go and uh, waste American money and take bribes from foreign countries. Well, I'm not going to dissuade you of that. If that's your opinion, you're entitled to it. But the bet I'm willing is that, that I... No, don't stop about bets. I already told you the former guy could be a future guy for all I know. And, and just saying not for what's good for the country, but what's for good for this program, I would, I would be hoping that he is a future guy because then every show will basically write itself. He'll be back on Twitter. He'll be behaving probably worse than ever because he won't have to worry about running for re-election. So, hey, I'll tell you what, if he's president a year from now, all bets are off. Will you refer to him as the president instead of the lack of respect that you give him by calling him the other man, the other guy? I didn't call him the other guy. I call him the former guy. He is a former guy. That's right. not it's not lack of respect. He's a former guy. He got fired. I had nothing to do with it. Well, why can't you say his, his name proper? Donald John Trump. I can say his name properly. Well, that's better. Well, it is better. Mr. Donald John Trump, born in New York. He left New York for Florida, but we still love him in New York. We implore him, come on back, Mr. Trump. And a lot of people are leaving New York due to the taxes. Yeah, I know. Hey, I paid New York taxes, too. Make it sound as though I am somehow unaware of New York's tax, tax bite. Come on, man. Right, but but we don't up here. We're not, you know, like 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 what's going on down in New York, the sanctuary city. Uh, we are a sanctuary state, for that matter. But which is which is treason. All right. Well, you know, as I said, hey, if if you support him, work for him. Work for the campaign. Never give up. Never give up. I, I have, but... Okay, well then, you know, don't call in here griping about me. All I am is a talk show host. I have no power. Right, but I, I would wish that you would refer to him as his name and what you do. What? I can call him the former guy if I want, or if I want to call him Donald John Trump or Mr. Trump, I'll call him what I want. I mean, I'm not going to say anything offensive, but he is the former guy. I can't help it. I'm not the one who fired him. He lost by more than 7 million votes. That's why he had to leave. But there was a lot of corruption. Oh, 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 Warren, please. Please don't stoop that low. It's the truth. It's not the truth. Court after court after court decided that all of those claims of corruption in the election process were fallacious. 
the same court that, that uh, like, uh, the New York Attorney General and uh, uh, the judge there, Mr. Arthur, uh, and down in Georgia, and all... <laughs> He's going to win. Okay. Hey. This country will survive. This country will survive. This country will be bigger, better, bolder than ever a decade from now, regardless of whether Mr. Trump or Mr. Biden is president at this time next year. This country will do well. Despite the president, the American people will see to it that this country, mark my words, this country will be better five years from today than it is today, regardless of who the president is between January 20th, 2025 and January 20th, 2029. America, America will be bigger, better, and bolder because America is special. America is where it's at, baby. Hi, <laughs> WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Alexis, uh, hey, this is DJ Binghamton, Bob. <clears throat> I was about to sing, America, America, God sheds his grace, because you kept saying America. Hey, um, I wanted to talk about Black History Month. So February is the best month of the year because it is Black History Month. And I was reading, you know, you, um, I got a little, I, I got the Constitution. I sent you an email. Did you get my email about the Constitution? It's in the form of a booklet. Yeah, I saw and that. I saw that. You can go on www. Now, don't give out websites. This is not the place for websites. So I saw what you sent me. And it uh, was the cover of um, a version, or apparently the Constitution, is, is printed there. So thank you. I have, I have a button that says, I like Ike. It's Ike. Um, Eisenhower Foundation is, what, is how you get them. I mean, you get a free one. Yeah, well, I have a button. This is imaginary, by the way. So for people who think I'm, I'm uh, making something up, this is for humor. I have a button that says, I like Mike, because I, I like the kid that, Start in the life cereal commercials. Okay, continue. That was a joke for those of those of you who are too sensitive and can't laugh. Continue. No, but that's not what your button means. It means Mike Pence. <laughs> yeah, I like Mike Pence because he was a former talk show host. He did a program very similar to this. It should have been called Indianapolis. Now I've heard, I've heard Pence on the radio when he was on in Indy, and sadly. I mean, whether it's good or not, sadly, the program sounded quite a bit like this one. I've never heard a, a more a senator more truly born again than him. I'll tell you that right now. So Amendment 13, I was reading this this morning at my table. Ratified December 6, uh, 1865. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude. This is the 13th Amendment, by the way. The first one, of course, we know is freedom of speech, but you can't put people down. The second amendment is... Uh, right to bear firearms, which you can in New York because you can't get a, it takes you two years to get a concealed weapons permit. And it says, uh, the punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So no slavery. 
Although we do have people, Bob, as you know, <clears throat> who are in slavery to cigarettes and alcohol and cannabis. THC, I, I looked that up too. Tetrahyd THC, tetrahydrochloride cannabis. Oh my gosh. If you can't pronounce it, don't well, smoke it. Well, if, if you use that rule of thumb, then you couldn't eat much of anything either. If, if, if you were limited to consuming only, only stuff you could pronounce, you'd be out of luck. You'd be sitting there eating a carrot. Uh, what about kumquat? You can pronounce kumquat. You can spell that. There's nothing in it but kumquat. Oh, well, that's hey, a great Bob. diet. Carrots and kumquats. It's no, <laughs> no wonder. No wonder this country is great. All right, so so what's the takeaway? What's your as you wrap up your message to America on this Monday morning? What's the takeaway? Oh, well, I was going to ask you, did you inhale? But I'll go to the takeaway. The takeaway is, <clears throat> I'm DJ from Binghamton without the P is calling to say happy Black History Month. Let's celebrate our freedom. Whether you're, you know. People of color, I don't like to use the word black because nobody's black, literally, but I'm a literalist because I'm a script set, which means word setter. I, I pay attention to wordology. Whatever color you are, you know, reddish, you're Native American, yellowish, you're Asian, you know, you know how that goes. I just wanted to say happy Black History Month. It's the greatest month of the year, and I wanted everybody to get a little booklet and read the 13th Amendment, the Constitution, in the form of a booklet. Yeah, go out and buy a couple of copies of the Constitution at your neighborhood bookstore. Thanks, DJ. Go out and buy a copy of the Constitution. You'll be glad you did. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. First News Binghamton, News Radio 1290, WNBF. My daddy is president. What does your daddy do? I live in a Wonderful Ivanka from seven years ago today, February 2017, from the back of the rack. And she was um, eh, an accomplished singer. You have to admit, highly, highly accomplished. Gary from the West Side, you're on the air. I've never heard that song, and dare I say, I never want to hear it again. Well, you but probably won't hear it again till. President's Day 2025, so count your lucky blessing. You know, I do want to talk about crime and criminals, but it is President's Day, and I want to say, you know, 
it's kind of a sad day for Joe Biden because, you know, it's a day where all of our presidents are celebrated. But yet there's some parts of the country that still believe that Joe Biden isn't even president, that Donald Trump is president. And that just still amazes me to this day that there are people that think that Donald Trump is still president. But that's just my opinion. You know, Bob, you say you're on the lines with the crime, and I know you are. And I also know that you probably might agree with what I have to say coming up, where the criminals in New York State, what has happened is is that they just keep, they go in, they commit their crime, they get right out, and then they'll commit the crime again. Like criminals, most of the crime is only committed by a certain amount of people. And it's usually the same people commit the same crimes over and over again. And at one point, we had this thing where, well, people can't make bail. You know, and that's just a shame because, you know, we shouldn't keep people in jail because they can't make bail. And you know what? I agree there were certain people that would that would apply to. But for what and then you, they don't think about, well, if we pass this law, what about all the other criminals who don't care about anything except committing crimes? They're just going to keep getting out. And they, they don't think about that. And that's what our problem is. It's the criminals just keep getting out, committing the same crimes over and over again. And that's the sad part of, of crime in New York State. Crime will always happen, like you say. And it's committed by the same people. Well, right. So, but it has nothing to do with who the DA is or who the mayor is or the county executive or the governor or the president. And it's true today. It was true 10 years ago. It was true 100 years ago. But there are things that we can do to kind of put that crime in check. You know, it's sad that, you know, there's people that just keep committing crimes. And, and, you know, we think of them as the downtrodden and stuff. Okay. Remember the three strikes and you're out, Bob? You remember that one? Where if you committed three felonies, you were in life, you were in prison for life. And what good does that do? We don't have that kind of money. I don't have that kind yeah. of money. Three strikes and you're out, and, and then, you're out. then you're out of society forever. We don't have that kind of money. Where's the money going to come from? First of all, I think it's a bad idea. But secondly, more practically, where's the money going to come from? We don't have that money, Gary. We don't have that money. And it's not the greatest idea because, you know, you know, you can commit crimes and then that third crime can be almost like a petty crime and you went away for life. And that's but the Bob, problem. Has, we've we've so had that we've had that happen it. here in Broome County where a person gets jammed up on something that's relatively minor and because yep. of three strikes and you're out, he's going to the big house and I'm like shaking my head and saying, you're right, the first two crimes are pretty heinous. This last one rises to the level, so technically it's, it's a third felony or whatever and then you say, all right, so that guy goes up the river, Auburn or probably someplace even worse and so... His life is wrecked forever, and we might have to pay for him, for his food, for his cable TV, and his health care for the next 60 years. It's, you know, uh, a policy like that is overly simplistic. It works well in, in between. There's got to be a better way. And, and, there's got to be. Yeah. And the problem is, 
we don't have enough serious discussions about the issues. Whether it's crime or cannabis, we don't have enough serious discussions. We, we have a lot of um, noisy talks on, on uh, talk radio or, or maybe sometimes at news conferences or maybe sometimes in a debate with the legislature, but we don't have a lot of serious discussions about how to realistically address all these issues. It's complicated. So you, and you make a good point, Bob, like the three strikes and out. Yep. You know, there are cases where, no, there's got to be a better way. Ah, but yet also, too, you know, with this letting the criminals out with no bail, you know what? There's got to be a better way because that's not working either. So let's find a solution there. It's not working. These guys just get, they go in, they come out. They're committing the same crimes. Bob, do you agree that a lot of the crimes are committed by the same people? Yes. I've, I've said before, and I've heard uh, cops say this, variations on the theme. You could say, you know, if we could, um, if we'll just say, because there's no magic number, but say if 5% of the people in Binghamton moved out of the city, 50% of the crime would be eliminated. Now, hey, there's, it's not based on, on research, but there is some truth to that, some merit to it. If 5% of the people in Binghamton suddenly moved to Johnson City, Binghamton's crime rate would actually go down. I'm not saying homicides because homicides are usually very specific and from one year to the next, some years communities have zero, some years communities might have three or four. It's not, it's not related usually specifically to the people who are living there. It's related to people who have problems with each other. But, but again, if, if say, or if say 10% of the people living in Binghamton, the number of crimes and service calls for Binghamton police could go down by several thousand this year. I mean, that's, that's the truth, I believe. I believe it too, and I believe our police do a very good job at what they do in cannabis, THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, and I approve. Thanks for letting me speak. All right, thank you. It's 1032 at WNBF. Galen from the town of Maine rejoins us. Good morning. Hey, thanks for getting back with me. Um, so I was talking about cannabis, and um, this is a subject that has been really uh, difficult for me to talk about because I'm so passionate about it because I see what it is doing to our society and particularly our young people. Uh, cannabis today is not the cannabis that Grandma smoked, and cannabis today is really contributing to tremendous problems in our society, and it's contributing to tremendous problems for the human race. We are being altered because of chemical disruptive chemicals, excuse me, yes, endocrine disrupting chemicals that are not only changing our body's chemistries, but also our brain. Um, kids, as they grow in the, the womb, are very fragile to um, uh, brain changes that are brought about by stress, by drugs, <clears throat> alcohol, we know that. Cannabis, we don't talk about, but it is really very detrimental to us as a society. And I think we need to look at and be educated 
about the hazards of cannabis. And I'd just like to throw some facts out there. You know, um, women really get a bum rap because everything that is blamed about fetal development is blamed on women about her drinking, uh, drug use, having HIV. And us guys, we get a free pass. But if we only knew what the real uh, causes of problems out there because of men's drug use, and particularly cannabis use, about young men and how it can alter not only his body, but the body of future generations. Did you know, Bob, that um, cannabis causes um, um, genital malformation and testicular cancer? Or that it contributes to tremendous uh, handicaps because of mental illness? Now, I would like to invite you and your listeners to go on um, on the Internet and go into Google Scholar and not just Dr. Google, but go into a reputable source to find information. And just in the search bar, just put cannabis plus endocrine disruption and see what you get. Another thing that I, I would like to mention is, you know, young people today are um, having a lot of issues right now in our society about gun violence in teens. Just put in youth gun violence plus cannabis and see what you get out with that and how it is contributing to school shootings. Um, well, you know, unfortunately, the bottom line is, at least for, I would say, the next five years in New York State, New York has bought in on the oh, on, yeah. on the promise of cannabis because it means millions of dollars for the state and means millions of dollars for local governments and and potentially hundreds or thousands of jobs that's that's why the city of Binghamton is is all in on on cannabis related businesses not because the mayor or anyone on city council or anyone hosting a talk show thinks it's a good idea it's just, it's about the money. Society. It's easy. Sure. And, and uh, look, Andrew Cuomo is a perfect, is a, serves as a perfect illustration. He was strongly, very strongly against the legalization of weed until he changed his mind. And he only basically changed his mind because of the money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that was actually one of um, Andrew Cuomo's uh, good things, his position. By the way, I'm not saying people who are cannabis users ought to be arrested and, and fined or jailed. I'm just saying New York State ought not be in the business of encouraging people to use cannabis, people to use alcohol, people to gamble, anything. That you know, anything that is not good for an individual or for families or for society, our state government ought not be encouraged, not be in the business of encouraging that behavior. And sadly, we are. We're, or, and I say we, that means New York state government, because of the money involved, encourages people to play the lottery, encourages people to bet on horses, encourages people to drink. And actually, 
oddly enough, despite running all the commercials, is dependent on on the tobacco taxes. I mean, look at the the amount of money that is being raised off every pack of cigarettes. And now the money that's being raked in on legal weed. Well, right, Bob, but, you know, what good is it if Johnny can't read? Kathy Hochul doesn't care about that right now. She um, And by the way, so for all you Kathy Hochul supporters, uh, don't misconstrue that I think Kathy Hochul doesn't want Johnny to know how to read. Right now, Kathy Hochul has been more focused since she became governor on encouraging Johnny as soon as he turns 21 to go out and buy cannabis. She certainly is not publicly encouraging Johnny and Jenny to go out and buy cannabis and use cannabis uh, before they're 21 because that's against the law. But we know, we know anyway, because of now how society has evolved now that there is a cannabis hut on Court Street, half a block from where I'm standing, and there will be a new one with drive through service on Upper Court Street later this year. Hey, society has changed, and the message it sends to young people is go ahead, smoke your brains out. I know, I know, I know. but at what cost? I know. Hey, you don't have to convince me. I'm with but, you, man. I mean, we do have to convince or, you know, try to put that out there, but you talk about this, and people, you know, they they get angry with you. Of course. They walk away from you. They think you're nuts. Well, you know, because I, you yeah, know, I mean. Selfishness because they want to smoke a joint going down the fair. Well, here's the, that's another thing. See, if you're over 21 and you want to smoke weed, I say go right ahead. But New York, in my opinion, New York needs to set up a similar law, a law that says very similar, you can't be out here on Court Street drinking a beer. Well, you shouldn't be out here on Court Street smoking weed. I don't want to smell weed when I go to lunch. I don't want to smell weed in the lobby of my building when I'm coming to work or getting out of work or going to a news story. I don't want to be exposed to it. And so there ought to be a law that you can't smoke it in public. You can, you can smoke weed in the same places that you can drink alcohol. Right. Well, you know, every, every day in my neighborhood, you know, somebody's smoking the cannabis and there's kids in the house next door that they're smoking it in. I know. Or they're down at the bus stop waiting for their kids and they're smoking. I know. You know I know. I, you know, uh, I'd say a week after the weed hut opened here on Court Street, there mm-hmm. was a woman and a man along with a little BB who appeared to be mm-hmm. maybe six or nine months old in a stroller and they're smoking weed. And I, oh, I yeah. felt like saying... You know, I'm not being judgmental, but can't yeah. you smoke? Now, I don't know if was if they were the the mother and father yeah, of the kid or whatever. But anyway, they had a, a very young kid under one year of age in a stroller out on Court Street, and they're smoking weed. And I know it was none of my darn business, so I I bit my tongue and didn't say anything. Yeah. But I felt like saying something because I cared for the kid, but I even cared for them. And not to the right. point where I would lecture them and say, well, when you go home, don't you, yeah. don't you smoke yeah. weed when, yeah. when your, your daughter is asleep yeah. in another room. But I, right. I would have said, if you're going to smoke weed, try, yeah. to, try to go to a separate room and make sure 
that your daughter isn't going to be exposed to that because right. even my guess is even they knew I don't and again I didn't speak with them but I think they were yeah. probably smart enough to know that secondhand cannabis smoke isn't good right. for a for an infant so anyway I I agree with you but I don't know at this point what what can be done I appreciate your call Okay thank you Bye. It's 10:41 WNBF I think the as they say, the toothpaste is out of the tube. A thanks in large part to Andrew Cuomo. As I said, he was very strongly against legalizing weed and having cannabis stores all around the state until he changed his mind. And even though he didn't say that he changed his mind because of the money, I think most of us knew why he changed his mind. And I believe that had mostly to do with money. So thanks, Andrew Cuomo. It's 1042. I'm Bob Joseph, listening to WNBF 607-772-1290. Of course, I know some people disagree. If you disagree, call in. Outline your position. That's the beauty of this program. I just work here. I just work here. They hired me because they needed someone to fill the shift between 9 a.m. and noon till Dan Bongino comes on today here on WNBF. News Radio 1045 with Bob Joseph. Carol in Johnson City, you're on the air. Well, good morning. How, how many minutes do I have to get on my soapbox about smoking marijuana? Two minutes. <laughs> I will give you two minutes. Go. Not enough time. That last gentleman that called, God bless him. Was it? The, was he the one from Port Crane that he called back? He called uh, before the uh, news and then he called back again or something? He's from the town of Maine. Oh, town of Maine. I knew it was someplace, not Binghamton or J.C. I've been wanting to call and, and have the very same conversation, the very same comments. And the thing that is utterly ridiculous is at least once an hour on television, New York State has a anti-smoking 800 number. If you want to uh, quit smoking, you know, be on the path to give it up, whatever. And uh, the other thing that they were saying, it, it, it's nuts. They're, they're promoting. Oh, the, the other thing is they were going to be making all this money. Uh, I still remember Cuomo saying $850,000 will be the income from these cannabis stores. It took so long to get a license. I don't know if people were complaining. The uh, potential owners of these shops were complaining because the stuff was rotting because it was taking so long to get a license. And then they just recently, 
I mean, that license business went on for about a year, I think. And then just recently, they decided to, what, give three plants to individuals? That's like shooting the, uh, the, the, shooting the shop owners in the foot. Uh, you know, how crazy is that? How absolutely crazy is that? And your story about the, uh, <laughs> your story about the, uh, the kid being wheeled by the uh, pot-smoking parents... Yeah, mom and dad smoking yeah, yeah. smoking their weed, uh, uh, about I, I about twenty about twenty two steps from the front door of the Binghamton Now building. Well, I know that uh, before my daughter was married, uh, we would take be downtown walking, and and if I saw somebody, uh, you know, with a pit bull, and it was somebody that uh, I don't know, she used to just hold me back wanting to say something and because she's one of these days you're going to get shot she said and that's my point that's <laughs> and, and i by the way i warn people who who think that confrontation in 2024 is a good thing hey confrontation is a great thing till somebody gets hurt so this this is a generalized warning to people you confront other people whether it's about smoking weed near a young kid or anything else, you confront somebody else at your own risk. I encourage everyone who's listening at this moment not to confront any anyone about anything ever, unless unless you don't love life. So I, my rule of thumb, typically, and I'm not saying say in an interview, oh, it's a confrontational interview, so I'm going to be in trouble. No, not that. But say somebody I don't know is doing something, whether it involves weed or inability to obey traffic laws or whatever, hey, I'm not going to confront you. I will not confront you. Even police are reluctant to confront some people because of the high risk involved. You have no idea at the ballpark how I want to say something to a parent who is there with a jacket and their kid has no hat on their head. I have exactly the idea because I've been tempted to say stuff about people at the ballpark who bring their kids too, but I won't because I love life. Now, some people would say, oh, Bob, you owe it to the kid to uh, tell the, the mother or father what you think they should be doing with their kid. Yeah, maybe I do, but I owe it to myself to stay alive because I don't want to confront anyone, whether it's at a ball game or out on Court Street. I'm not going to do it because, let's face it, nearly 99.8% of the people aren't going to shoot you. But it's the, the small minority who might shoot you in the head if you, if you confront them about anything. So better, better not to confront someone and stay alive than to confront someone who may go off the handle and react violently. But, but I am also speaking of children that don't walk yet. Yeah, I know. Me too. Me too. I, I am not the guardian of all children in Broome County. So if it's a serious thing, then especially, say, at the ballpark, there's always a police officer nearby. If it's something that serious... I'm not going to intervene personally if it's that serious that I think that that some immediate action is necessary. I'll go report it to the police officer. 
They're usually by home, the home plate entrance, right, right. next to the first aid. Yeah, they're, they're easy. You know what? I've noticed at the game, it's easy to see the police officers because they're always in uniform. Yes. And that's why they're there. They're there to keep order. And if somebody truly is doing something that's a danger to a young kid, then the police can intervene. Appreciate your call. But I'm not going to confront people. No, I love life. Love life. Sorry. Well, you should, Bob. You'd be a hero. Yeah, a dead hero. Who wants a dead hero? Who wants a dead submarine sandwich? Who wants a dead anything? It's 1052. Make wise decisions when you're out and about. That's my advice on WNBF. WNBF, Beverly from the town of Dickinson. You're on the air. Yeah, my my caption phone went out. I I had to reset it. All right, what's on your mind? Okay. Uh, did you find anyone to for the council member? No, that case isn't settled yet. It should be um, the decision oh, oh, should well, come I thought, soon. I thought they found somebody. Well, I don't think the ruling happened. If the ruling happened, I missed it, but I'll, I'll look into it, okay? Yeah, uh, I, how come it's so hard to pick one? Well, it's complicated. It's because of the law. We'll talk more about that next hour. Appreciate your call. It's 1056. I'm Joseph, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Partly sunny today, scattered flurries, high near 30. Mostly clear tonight, low around 10. It'll be sunny on Tuesday with a high near 40. Binghamton police are investigating the death of a person whose body was discovered laying in the city roadway. Authorities said police were advised around 2.45 a.m. Saturday that a man's body was located in the westbound lane of Route 363 at the Exchange Street overpass. A police officer found the body in the roadway and city fire medics were dispatched. The man, who was a Binghamton resident, was pronounced dead at the scene. Police have notified his relatives, but his name has not yet been released. Detectives said Route 363 was closed to all vehicle and pedestrian traffic for about five and a half hours. City police, they want to speak to anyone who may have information about the case. They ask anyone who's driving through the area or a passenger in a vehicle traveling on Route 363 between 2.15 and 2.45 a.m. Saturday to get in touch with investigators. Last Thursday around 1.20 p.m., a traffic stop was conducted by New York State Police on Taft Avenue in the town of Union. Narconics investigators from the New York State Police and the Vestal Police Department were called to the scene where they conducted a roadside investigation. The passenger of the vehicle was found to be in possession of approximately 38.1 grams of suspected fentanyl. 
He was also in possession of a scale, packaging, and small blender, all used in the packaging and sale of narcotics. The defendant, Ricardo Cade of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, was charged with criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree with intent to sell. Controlled substance in the third degree, a Class B felony, and using drug paraphernalia in the second degree, a Class A misdemeanor. New York State's Bipartisan Redistricting Commission has approved a new congressional map that makes modest changes to three competitive districts but doesn't substantially alter the rest of the state's lines. The map proposal was approved last Thursday. It now moves to the Democrat-dominated legislature, which can approve the plan or reject it and draw its own lines. It's unclear exactly when lawmakers would meet to vote on the commission's map. New York's congressional redistricting process has been closely watched this year because suburban races in the state could have outsized, outsized influence on which party controls the House after the November elections. A New York appeals court in Albany has heard arguments over the fate of the State Commission on Ethics and Lobbying in Government. The arguments Friday stemmed from a lawsuit filed by former Governor Andrew Cuomo, who claims the commission lacked the constitutional authority to prosecute him. Cuomo's fighting an attempt by the commission to force him to forfeit $5 million he got for writing a book about his administration's efforts during the COVID-19 pandemic. A lower court judge ruled in September that the commission's independent independence makes it a problem under the state's constitution since enforcement of ethics laws is a power that belongs to the executive branch. Construction has started for a business that's expected to open this spring at the Campus Plaza in Vestal. A Dollar Tree store will be located in the space that had been home to a Rite Aid pharmacy. That store closed in May of 2019. Demolition operations at the site began a few days ago. Several workers are starting to remodel the location for the 13,200-square-foot store. The old floor will be removed and new flooring installed. Construction work for the new Dollar Tree unit should be completed by the end of March. The opening date for the store has not been yet announced. Workers are busy at Marabito Stadium in downtown Binghamton with a couple of major projects that must be completed by the start of the baseball season in early April. Sobotka told WNBF News on Friday that the biggest project now underway will address some drainage, pro drainage problems in the stadium and on the field. Heavy equipment is being used to dig holes so temporary water storage tanks can be installed. The tanks will capture water that would otherwise remain on the field in the area of the dugouts. Games have been canceled due to rain that occurred hours before the scheduled starting time. While fans may not actually notice the drainage system's improvement, they will be able to see the new scoreboards in right and left field. Although these scoreboards were replaced after the 2017 season, there had been an unbelievable number of problems with non-functioning panels. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF.
Monday morning, Bob Joseph. Feeling all right? Taking your calls at 607-772-1290. It's Binghamton Now on WNBM. Seems I've got you As we continue the journey till noon here at WNBF, if you have any thoughts, I encourage you to share them. In our last segments, the matter of Binghamton City Council was uh, brought up. And why, oh, why, oh, why, here we are more than a month and a half into the year, and the people, the wonderful people, who live on the south side in the 6th City Council District, they still don't have representation. So taxation without representation. They don't have a vote on City Council. And it's now in the hands of the judge, Joseph McBride, Broome County Supreme Court judge, should be making is ruling very soon. He understands that time is of the essence and we'll find out. I would think we'll find out this week. I don't think this is one of those cases that ought to take very long. The uh, arguments were presented on Friday. So Mayor Cram had his legal team and then Binghamton City Council, the Democrats, had their legal team uh, present the arguments before the state Supreme Court Judge McBride. And so now we will see. We'll see. I'm looking at a story written by Roy Santa Cruz from News Channel 34. I was not in court because I was required to be here. Contractually, I was required to be here at the radio station. I would much rather have been in court to hear the arguments in this historic case in the city of Binghamton. The judge asked both sides to speak conversationally and limit the use of legal terminology because it's a high-profile case and a lot of people will be trying to follow along both sides cite different statutes to support their claim to be able to name a temporary council person after the race in November ended in a tie between Republican incumbent Phil Strawn and Democratic challenger Rebecca Rathmel. A tie is referred to as a failure to elect. So up to the judge now and I would think the judge will make his ruling known very soon. Probably not today because it's President's Day, and I believe technically that's a holiday. I just called over and spoke to a high-level Binghamton City official. I was actually surprised and pleased, by the way, to get right through and speak to a high-level Binghamton City official, even though it is 
technically a holiday. So thank you. Thank you to Binghamton city officials who are working today. I also spoke with a local town supervisor uh, a bit ago who, oddly enough, wasn't taking the day off. The town supervisor, you've heard of the town supervisor before, but I'll protect the supervisor's privacy. I'll just say the supervisor has been on this program and found out the town supervisor is actually in New York City at the meeting of some government association. I don't know if it's the Association of Town Officials or something like that. But anyway, I heard the meeting in the background, and I think the town supervisor, just based on what I heard in the background, supervisor was probably relieved to get a brief break from the meeting that was underway. All right, let's take a phone call. Hi, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning. It's uh, Airport Road Bob in the town of Maine. How are you, Bob? Oh, great. I thought I might hear from you today. Well, I sent you an email, and I wanted you to just, uh, between you and me, keep that under your wraps for a couple of days. Um, but I wanted you to know what's going on. Um, again, for everyone else out there, if you're a resident in the town of Maine or the town of Union or even in Broome County, period, um, there is a big meeting tomorrow night about this corporate park that they're proposing by the IDA. Stacy was in the paper yesterday promoting the positive aspects from the political money side of the view. Um, and I'm here on the radio today talking about the aspects of the neighbors, the people who've lived here for 50 years or more who are being threatened by eminent domain, having their properties taken just uh, for a fairy tale corporate park. Um, anybody who is against this project, it doesn't matter where you live in the Broome County area, it is a public open meeting. They can email their town board members in the town of Union or the town of Maine. Town of Maine is voting tomorrow night on a resolution to um, slow this thing down. Um, I've received calls last week from Leah Webb's office in uh, regard to this project. And uh, I have uh, confirmation over the weekend that the New York State Comptroller's office is investigating this uh, project uh, from an aspect. Um, Reinvent Albany um, website is um, following up on this project. There's so much that's gonna come out over the next week that's uh, it's gonna be very newsworthy. Um, just wanted to keep you up to date. Just ask the residents, hey, take advantage of Bob. Call in, tell, uh, tell him your point of view. Email well, that, and that goes, I mean, for people who are opposed. And or, I, or poor, oh, yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to explain. So, and by the way, I, I read the column that appeared in the Sunday paper uh, written by Stacy Duncan. Uh, who is the executive director of the agency, the IDA and LDC, and president of uh, the Greater Binghamton Chamber of Commerce. I read, read the piece. I'm looking at it now. And she's welcome to call in or come in. I mean, she's been on the program before. And who knows, maybe I'll invite her back in. She's always welcome to call. I, I wouldn't be surprised that sometimes that uh, the people in, in the office on Front Street probably tune in. I know I would if I was working in 
in that office. I would listen to the program. This is one part of what she wrote in the column that appeared in the sports section in yesterday's newspaper. I always think it's great how they now have the opinion columns, not in a section, but in the sports section. Um, she wrote, this is a corridor where people live. We know and respect that. That's why we will spend a year completing a comprehensive review and due diligence process. Our first step is to distribute surveys to residents and conduct public information sessions to prepare our formal public scoping sec session for New York's Environmental Quality Review. That's the seeker process. And she wrote, we'll also complete a full generic environmental impact statement. So, oh, and she also said in this piece, we want community members' input on what they would like to see in the design as well as areas of concern. Community engagement is essential to build trust and common objectives. We can establish a future of promise and prosperity through a mutual respect and the exchange of factual information. Well, Bob, let me just tell you, I mean, you got the email I just sent you. Um, I will tell you this, that the, it, you know, the old movie, All the President's Men, um, this is how I proceeded with this project from the beginning. And somebody kept whispering, follow the money, follow the money. And, you know, it's taken me a little over a year, and I finally found the money on Saturday. So now um, it's going to get really interesting in that, especially especially since this person's already been, um, well, let me just say that there's a past with, um, there's a past with um, improprieties of IDA functions um, in the past. So... Article 78 is a very important New York state law. Um, I know John knows it in Binghamton, uh, some of the other people, maybe even Dave or Vic or all those people. But Article 78 is going to become a very huge aspect of this um, lawsuit. All right. Well, I appreciate your keeping me in the loop. And as I said, um, as far as Stacey Duncan or her representatives, or anybody who's in favor of the project. Everybody is welcome on this program. Sometimes I think people listen to the program and think, gee, that Bob Joseph, he, he sure has some sort of agenda. And every time somebody ever mentions a possible agenda about this program, I say, I have no agenda. I've never had an agenda. And elected officials who have followed me, both from just a news standpoint... And also, since this program started more than 12 years ago, they'll attest, ultimately, I have no agenda except for asking a few questions and getting out accurate information for everyone. Well, if you want to know more, you know how to find me. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. It's 1120 WNBF. So if you have thoughts about this project, about anything else, will you have an agenda? Yeah, the agenda is to do the best program this station has ever had. So, if you're unhappy with that agenda, then you're just going to be unhappy with the way I operate because I'm striving every day, every day from 9 to noon to put forward the best program from a local standpoint. Yes, we talk about other things that aren't local. Of course we will, especially in this election year. 
the local is most important because there is no other local talk show that does live interviews with newsmakers and also allows everybody to call in. No other station has the guts to do it. If some other station comes out with a program like this, even though I work for WNBF and my allegiance is to this station and to the company that employs me, I still would encourage you to listen to another talk show to always get more information. Yes, this, this should be always your first choice. You should always listen to this talk show from start to finish every day. But if there ever comes a time when somebody puts out another live local talk show, you should listen to it because more information from more people will always be better. More information will set you free. It's 1122 at WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? And thank you for doing it, Bob. Uh, and don't stop. Uh, we, we we need to continue hearing it, Bob. Hey, it's it's Dave again from Vestal, Bob. And, yeah, didn't you, you know, just I, call in? Yeah, I was the first caller this morning. That's what I thought. You were on at 910. You were on an hour mm -hmm. and 22 minutes ago. Right. But no, two no, two hours and 22 two, minutes two ago. Hours. Right. There, there I right. go, exaggerating. Right. <laughs> but um, I, I listened to your conversation about you with the baby stroller and the, and the smell of weed and all that, and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, gee, what would Bob do if if someone was physically harming the baby? Would you stay? Would you not say anything or do anything then? No, if so, it, so no, if someone was physically harming the baby, if these people were punching the baby and doing something that was causing immediate harm, injuring her or threatening her life, I would take action. Uh, there were two of them. I don't know if I could instantly stop them if they were attacking the baby, but I would not ignore it. As far as the, uh, the baby was down, I don't know how, in a typical stroller, the baby was probably maybe a foot or so off the ground, a foot and a half. The people who are smoking weed were probably, I'd say, five or five and a half feet tall. The smoke was not that close to the baby. I just thought it was uh, not the right, both from a physical standpoint, not good for the baby, but even more importantly, even though the kid was probably too young at that stage to appreciate her parents smoking weed, I didn't think that was... Um, and again, what do I know about life? But I didn't think that was a good, a good uh, example for parents to be setting for their their daughter. Right, and most of us would agree with you, Bob. And listening to you talk, though, Bob, you you were making a very good case to yourself for conceal and carry, Bob. That I. I Maybe you do already, but I have a funny feeling you don't, especially the line of business you're in. You know, people are confrontational with police, and I know they also with journalists sometimes, too. So, Oh, I've been, that, I've been, I have had to deal with that, trust me. I've had to deal with it, and it doesn't make me happy. And, and you might be surprised, actually, the people who have 
been most confrontational more often when I'm reporting. They're, they're not necessarily the people you might expect. So, uh, but having said that, I have been um, threatened verbally and sometimes physically by people of all political stripes. You know, I do think anybody who uh, threatens a journalist actually has some problems because, you know, if if you're upset with something that I've reported or upset by something I've said on the program, I think you've got some bigger problems. And I'm not sure that I have the uh, education or the experience to help you deal with your problems. If, if, if you think you have to uh, verbally threaten me, whether it's in person or by email or on the phone or whatever physically threaten me, you do have some problems and you really ought to get some help. Right, Bob. Well, it, you know, they can be one of your very best friends, Bob. Think about that. And, and you know, you mentioned, too, that the, the smell of weed, how you hate smelling that, and it should be only done in places where you're allowed to drink. What about people that hate the smell of a cigarette smoke, Bob? Should that be included in you can only do that in that same area? Or? Sure. Sure. And and also people who play their radio too loud. If you're listening to Binghamton now and you have it cranked on your uh, $2,000 or $3,000 sound system in your car, who wants to hear that? So if you're doing something that infringes on the ability of other people to have a peaceful and joyful life, whether it's smoke or substances or noise, then you got to take it somewhere else where you're not bothering people. Bob, when I was young, I used to do it. I don't do it anymore because it makes me more deaf. Well, again, I there have been times in my life where I may have enjoyed listening to loud music. I don't much anymore. Even when I was a young lad and like certain loud and potentially somewhat obnoxious music, never really played it that loud in my car. I just didn't think it was right. And, um, you know, my, my theory, so whether it's about things that make noise. By the way, this includes fireworks too. This is, um, this is a pretty pretty wide-ranging assertion if you're if you're making noise of any type if you're smoking anything um whatever if you're burning trash which is illegal outdoor trash burning if you're doing stuff that can be experienced by people beyond your property and it's something that is annoying to people or could adversely affect their physical or mental health, then you ought to stop doing it. I, I admit, Bob, you know, I <laughs> I did it. I did it when I was young in the car, especially, Bob, summertime. I, I know. Well, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't understand why some people do it, sometimes, especially younger people, but not exclusively. I've, I've been around older people, not necessarily people exactly my age, but still older people who are driving around with the music cranked up to the point of absurdity. And even though it annoys me, I'm not going to confront them because, again, I love life. I want to I continue. I want to continue doing what I do, and I don't want to be in the hospital because I confronted something about loud noise or about weed smoking. 
Thanks for your call. It's 1129. I'm Bob Joseph. A voice of reason. I know, you're saying, what? A, boy, a voice of reason on the radio? Oh, come on. They're not going to accept that. Well, you know, they do. They accept a voice of reason on Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. Renee from the town of Maine. Good morning. You're on the air. Hi, Bob. Um, I was just listening to Airport Road Bob about the 600-acre corporate park. I just wanted to put my two cents in because I'm really against it. Uh, they want to kick families out of their homes and off their properties that have been there for over 50 years. They're going to completely annihilate two mountains over here that I see from my kitchen window. Put in tractor trailers, traffic, roads. They're going to tap our well water. Uh, all this stuff is going to amount to a really big impact on our community and on our environment, but especially to those families. We're talking about young families with kids. I, I just can't believe that the state would allow, that our representatives would allow this to happen. Well, I can believe it. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when the state took hundreds and hundreds of homes in Broome County so they could put in an expressway. They took in or uh, tore down all the homes across the street from my grandma's house in Johnson City. They tore down the baseball stadium. The state has a rich history of allowing um, people to uh, have their homes destroyed. So that's, you know, the, the state, state doesn't really care when it comes down to individual homeowners. If it's deemed to be uh, to the benefit of uh, business or commerce, the state probably will permit it. And that's a shame. Because well, it's yeah, yeah, it's a shame. I, I'm not a supporter of eminent domain. I, you know, my grandma, grandma's neighborhood in Johnson City was never the same after the DOT tore down all the houses and put in the expressway. Yeah, and I want to point out that uh, Ms. Duncan, uh, she's welcoming comments. Uh, and community input. However, every town meeting that I've been at, she refuses to answer any questions. She refuses to confer with the residents. Uh, in fact, she leaves early. Uh, normally she has people with her. I'm assuming it's a Delapina family. Uh, it, she, she just leaves early and she doesn't bother with anybody at all. Well, in the end, and I'm not talking specifically about this project, in the end, the government will do whatever it wants. And they, they can listen to comments. The government holds public hearings on lots of things. And uh, say the Public Service Commission, they hear from lots of people who don't like their utility rates to go up. And then they go ahead and approve higher utility rates. They'll do what they want and they'll hold public hearings. I don't know what's going to happen in this particular case. It's, it's not predetermined, but 
in the end, you know, if the government ultimately wants to build a 600-acre project up there or a 1,000-acre project, they'll figure out a way to do it. Yeah, which having just one agency that's changed their names three times, being in charge of the project, how did they get to be in charge of the project? Well, somebody's got to do it. What, to me, it doesn't it doesn't really matter whether it's the IDA or the agency or whatever. I mean, when it comes to projects, somebody, some agency ultimately will be the lead agency. So I don't think that's the biggest issue. I just, we'll see, we'll see in the fullness of time whether the concerns being expressed by people in the town of Maine and the town of Union will be taken into account or in the end, if the project will go forward, even though people who live nearby may be very much opposed to it. I appreciate your call and, and keep calling. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, keep calling. I'm not saying that the fix is in. Far from it. You know, the more people speak about this, whether you are in favor of it or whether you are opposed to it, the more that we have a discussion, the better off our community is going to be. I'm just pointing out there are past cases right here in our area and elsewhere in New York State where eminent domain is employed. It's typically, they say, it's employed only as a last resort. But as people found out, say with the, the Kamikaze Curve Project, DOT took homes away uh, for the changes with Kamikaze Curve with eminent domain. So it happens. It'll continue to happen. That's why we live in America. Because it's allowed to happen. Brenda and Shenango Bridge, good morning. Bob, I just want to say today, everybody listening, it's President's Day today. And uh, I just want to say everybody support Donald Trump's GoFundMe campaign and his uh, new golden sneakers. I don't know if you've seen Donald Trump sneakers. Did you hear about it, Bob? Yeah, and I, I've been reading. Now, I, I made a comment a couple hours ago on the program that he gets them for 19 bucks and he sells them for three ninety nine. I stand corrected. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much he gets them for, probably because it's in quantity, because he got a thousand yeah. of them. It's probably less yeah. than nineteen yeah. ninety nine. So what? Well, you know, if people Yeah, if people want to buy if people want to spend four hundred dollars on a piece of junk, hey, people spend more than well, that on like pieces of junk every day. Bob, they look like they're all leather. They look like they're really good. Oh, I'm they, sure they're really I, good. And I, I say I say go out and buy go out and buy ten pair. But anyway, I do like him, and I just say everybody support Donald Trump before him. Absolutely, him. absolutely. Even absolutely. even Democrats should send four hundred dollars to the Trump sneaker con because he needs the money. <laughs> Are you for Donald Trump? Bob? Absolutely, very much. Right, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, okay, thank so you. Listen, so here's where this is. At. I'm not done yet, Bob. Don't hang up on me. Well, be be quick. We have another caller who's who's got something really important to say. Uh, I'm hearing word of mouth on the news that, that there's concerns um, that all the immigrants that are coming into as well, that are coming in the thousands, that we may end up having a civil war right here on our land, in our country. Yeah, I doubt it, but I know some people are hoping that happens. Thanks for your call. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have a civil war, but I know some people who are trying to stir things up, they'd love nothing better than a civil war. 
preferably between now and November. That's that's what I've heard from some people. Mike in Johnson City, good morning. Good morning. About less than a week ago, we had a Super Bowl parade, and um, all of a sudden, America reared its ugly head. You know, it's get a little old. You know, I wonder what the lady in the harbor thinks every time she wakes up every morning. That Statue of Liberty. This is this Statue of Liberty. It's, it's, you, know, you might as well change the name of it because, like I said, America has reared its ugly head. We cannot walk outside. I'm wondering when the next school shooting is going to be, when the next local synagogue is going to be shot up, the next Jewish community center. Is this what we are? Is this what we become as citizens? If this is becoming a, what we are as citizens, then count me out because I want nothing to do with it. Like I said, America has reared its ugly head at all these events. And we have an administration that turns a blind eye to the whole situation. Any type of major concern in this country, they turn a blind eye and just sweep it under the rug. This is getting a little old. I'm tired of watching this lady in the harbor cry her eyes out every morning. It's just getting old, Bob. I agree. I agree with you 100%. They, they need to stop the violence. Thanks for your call. It's 1141. Please, stop the violence, America. Let's put an end to the violence. Put an end today, right now, to the shootings, to the stabbings, to the mindless assaults. Let's have a year without violence. And let it start right now at 11.41 a.m. This is WNBF. Supporting a peaceful America. Bob Joseph, 1144, WNBF Live. Here's a story from the New York Post. A Kansas City football fan who was detained at the team's big parade has spoken out to try to clear his name after social media users wrongly identified him as one of the gunmen in last week's shooting. He says, I was just enjoying myself like everybody else. His name is Denton. He's a father in Kansas. He was photographed in a red sweatshirt surrounded by cops shortly after the shooting last rally. He went viral for all the wrong reasons with captions falsely claiming he's one of the gunmen who was apprehended. I just want to clear my name. I had nothing to do with anything. He said at a press conference, I was just enjoying myself like everybody else. And that's the thing. After some of these things happen, sometimes you'll see people in handcuffs. And it doesn't mean 
doesn't mean it doesn't mean that they did it. So um his attorney said, "Yeah, he had several drinks, but so did a half million other people." So it says he was detained for being intoxicated and not moving away from the crime scene. Well, some yeah, that was bad. If he didn't move away from the crime scene and he was intoxicated, well, maybe the police had to do anything or something. But again, you know, people seeing that picture would say, oh, well, there, there you go. There's one of the shooters. Well, it turned out not to be the case. So anyway, that's the uh, promise of social media as we shut down traditional news organizations, newspapers, radio newsrooms, TV newsrooms, and so on. That's what you're going to get. More misinformation more often. That's what you get for not supporting local journalism. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Bob. This is Martin from Binghamton. Hey, Martin. Good morning. Hey. Well, at the risk of getting on the wrong side of you, I hope not. But, um, you know, you mentioned before, and this is a holiday most people have off, and uh, you mentioned that people um, who are off of work and can possibly get on the radio program. But, you know, um, you had a guy that called up that um, who apparently was the first caller today uh, at 9.10 and called back on and was on for a good 10 minutes. Now, I know you don't want dead airtime and stuff like that, but, you know, there was maybe there's people that were looking to get on. Um, you know, I know I was looking to get on earlier a little while ago, and but you know it seems like to be that the usual kind of people that that do that. And I understand other topics come up, and it's like, hey, we all have those thoughts too. You know, it's like, well, gee, I can like to comment on too. I'd like to call back too, but you know, you got to make room for the other people too. I mean, you know what I mean? Well, trust me, Martin. If you were on the line, I would have gone right to you. But as you know, you weren't calling when Dave from Vestal was on, so. You know, and nobody else was calling when when he called in. So that's you're right. If if somebody chooses, I don't want people to call in more than once per program. But if someone does and no one else is is waiting to talk, then that's what will happen. Well, I don't know how you run that down there, but, but well, that's how I run it. So if you had called in when he was on, I would have politely told Dave, hey, thanks. Now we're going to another caller. But you know that you weren't calling at the same time. That's true. That's true. But okay. Well, of course it's true. So, I mean, you can criticize and castigate all you want. That's it's fine. I hear it from all sides. So by, by now, trust me, after all these decades, I've gotten used to hearing, hearing from people who are just never happy. Well, that's not true. I mean, I am happy with the program. I'm just saying about this happens to be just a holiday. That's all that you were talking about, that there were people that were off. And um, that other woman, that Brenda, that called in there and you say, you know, keep calling back. But, you know, if I'm just saying, but you would never allow, allow the program to get to that. I'm saying that that's why I um, mentioned my segue that at the risk of, you know, hopefully not getting on the wrong side. You're not on the wrong side. I'm saying you're on the side everybody else is on, the side of people who are not happy with, with how things go in life. I get it. You have every reason to be unhappy with the show and with me. And I, you know, at this stage, all I do every day, and you know this, Martin, because you've listened long enough, all I do every day is the best I can. 
This is a one-person operation. Don't kid yourself. There's nobody else around. So if you have a complaint about the program, you're, you're complaining to the right person. And you, and I, you do do a great program. And I know I do. And that's, you know, again, again, I'll clarify, but I'm only going to say it one more time. I shouldn't even say it one more time, but for those who don't get it, if someone calls in a second time and they're allowed to talk for more than 10 seconds, then it's because we don't have another caller waiting. Exactly. I, I figured okay. that out. Yeah, and, I and that's, I know that. you know, that's, and that's I, the way it is. It's better you know? than airtime. It's better than dead airtime. Well, trust me, and you know this, Martin, as a longtime listener, I would have no problem talking for three full hours and taking zero calls. But I don't think that's what people want to hear. No, that, not at all. But so I, even even someone who calls in a second time, and again, I'll stress, that's not my preference, but I'm not going to be uh, a, a stickler and say, oh, you called uh, two hours and 22 minutes ago, bye, because I, I think that that's actually too rude. But again, I'm, I'm making it crystal clear my preference my clear preference is for everyone to call in only once per show. Well, being a holiday, that's the only thing. When you yeah. call, when you said that, and then then that's when my antenna kind of went up. It's like, well, you know, and then... No, I got it. Well, I know, got but, it. You know, know and okay. it, it's... You know what I'd say? Sort of like the honor system. It's the honor system. People don't have to re refrain from calling in a second time, but because they're part of our family... If they respect every member of the WNBF family, they'll wait till the next show. And I'm not picking on this person. I know. I know you aren't. And I'm not picking on him either. I love hearing from him, and I'm glad he calls in most days. But again, I'm saying just in the overall, for a better listening experience and even a better hosting experience, my thought is once a day should be sufficient. Because... I'm going to be back here tomorrow morning in uh, about 21 hours, so appreciate your call. Okay, thank you. Don't take it out of context. Oh, please. I know. No, I appreciate okay. it. No, I understand right. the spirit in which, which your comments are being made, so thank you. It's 1152 WNBF. Yeah, I, hey, I get it. And I love it. I mean, I love the program. I love everybody who's listening, and... I wish everybody would take an opportunity to call every morning if they can. We welcome. We welcome our regular callers and we welcome new callers. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. Call in. There's still a little time left. Just a little time. WNBF, Brian and Conklin. Good morning. You're on the air. Hello. All I have to say about gun control is it is it is not our guns. It's your sons. Clean up the house first. Thank you. He told me it was going to be quick, and he was. And thank you, Brian, first-time caller. And we are out of time. We'll be back tomorrow morning. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton, now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton.